Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. But come on, let's get into the Word today. We are going to be um, continuing our our series uh, talking about uh, church is time to pray. And we've been looking at uh, coming into 2021. There's a bit of caution moving forward with this year, feeling like, man, uh, what's this year hold for us? It's a little bit like stepping out on a lake, an uh, icy lake rather, and you're not really sure, is it fully frozen yet? You're just kind of tiptoeing, and that's kind of how the year feels. And it feels like we just don't really know what's going to happen. But one thing we do know is that church, it's time to pray and to believe that God's going to do some supernatural things in our natural world. And so today we're going to jump into first. Timothy chapter 2 uh, verses 1 to 5 and we're going to read this verse and just a little context around this uh, book. It was written by Paul to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor who planted a church and Paul was like his spiritual father and he was basically writing this letter to basically refocus uh, the church and Timothy on what mattered. They were in, in, a, in a season as a church where the political leader, uh, the king over that region was Nero. Nero was a bad dude. Nero, supposedly, history books say that Nero murdered his own mother, that Nero um, killed his younger brother so that his younger brother wouldn't take power. I mean, this is one weird guy. By the time he was 30 or 35, he supposedly committed suicide because of all the atrocities of, that he had done. But this man, Nero, hated Christians, and he was persecuting the Christians, pulling them out of their homes, killing them in the streets. And so they were experiencing some tremendous p- political challenges. Thank God we're not experiencing that in Canada. Amen. Uh, but they were experiencing tremendous difficult things in their life. And then not only that, but there were also some false truths that were going around the church. There was some some, uh, some some teachings, biblical teachings that were untrue, some things that were going on that, that didn't make a lot of sense. And they were, the, the Hymenius and Alexander were teaching a, a, a doctrine or a, a philosophy or prophetic thoughts that, that, that Christ had already returned, that the resurrection of the dead had already happened. And it was spreading like the church, like gangrene. And they were like, like be, all these thoughts and these ideas and these ideologies were seeping into the church that were half-truths. And they weren't the truth, but they were half-truths. And so the church was beginning to believe in things that were not really evidenced in Scripture. And they were under a, a crazy political, a, a governmental tyranny uh, trying to destroy the church. And so this is the, 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 the context in which uh, P- Timothy, Paul writes this letter to Timothy. And Paul wanted to shift their attention away from the political realm, away from what was happening uh, in the government, away from what was happening around uh, in the world that day, away from all of the, the false teachings or the things we were unsure about or what's right and what's wrong, the things we're confused about. He wants to shift away from those things and shift your attention towards prayer. He wanted to shift their, uh, their minds and their attention away from the things that were distractions in their life towards the things that were prayer. And he wanted to get them to the things of God and to get them to focus on the, the, the things of prayer, knowing that only our God can do supernatural things 
in a natural world. Only our God can cause there to be a shift in the culture. Only our God can cause there to be a shift in the political scene, in the government scene, in all that's going on. The, he wanted them to understand that there's such power in prayer, and he wants you to understand, and I to understand, that we actually have a great and mighty tool at our disposal, and it's called the ability to open our mouths and pray to our Creator and the Sovereign God, that He might do His will and his purposes in the earth today, that you and I get to play a part in the story. The story is ultimately not about us. It's about Jesus and his kingdom coming to the earth. And so Paul wants to teach us how to pray. He wants to teach us who to pray for. And there are incredible benefits that we're going to talk about at the very end. Benefits for your life. What's in it for you? Benefits for your life that come through this. And so Let's read this verse together in 1 Timothy chapter 2. You're welcome to open your Bibles at home, uh, and we'll read it together. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, that man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. And so he starts by saying, I urge you then, first of all. He says, first of all, I I have to shift your attention during what we're facing in our world. I got to shift your attention back on what should be your first response. Before you post, he says, I want you to pray. Before you swipe, I want you to pray. Before you share, I want you to pray. Before you repeat something, I want you to pray. Before you text, I want you to pray. Before you call, I want you to pray. Before you respond, I want you to pray. Before you allow these things to enter your mind, I want you to pray. I want you to open your mouth and pray to the creator and sovereign God of the universe before you move forward in action, before you take matters into your own hands, before you let your your, your opinions go across all of the internet that can never go away, mind you. Let's open our mouths and pray to our God. He wants you to shift and remember and urge you, church, please, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. In 2021, I don't know about you, but prayer seems like all we got left. I don't got the answers. I don't know what's up. I don't know what's down. No matter how much I study the book of Revelations, I'm still confused. All I know is this. My God, the sovereign God named Jesus, is the king and ruler over all, in all, through all, and his purposes will prevail despite me. And so if I open my mouth and pray to the creator God and begin to pray before I post or pray before I comment or pray before I give my feelings or my emotions or respond or react, if I pray first, there will be an actual supernatural transformation in our natural world. You'll actually see God do something through your prayers that your post could never do. Come on, we, he wants to shift us. It's time to pray. 
There's a lot going on in our world. I mean, the restrictions have been kind of like postponed basically until the 21st where they're going to say either A, let's just keep on going, or B, we don't know they're going to shut us down or open us up. Does anyone really know? No, we just know that that's happening. And then there's all sorts of scandals with Mayor Ninchi and his staff and Kenny and his staff and Justin Trudeau and down in the, down in the south of the border, it's even worse. I mean, there's riots on the political building and I don't even think anyone knows who the president is yet. I mean, we do, we know it's Biden but it just feels so confusing and it's like what is going on there's COVID and new strains of COVID and this thing going on and that thing going on I mean we're in a world where we just don't really know what's going on and you might be one of the types of people that either a you just need to get through the day you need just need 24 I got to get through the next 24 hours I got to get from a to b I don't really care what's going on in the world I just need to get myself out of bed and I just need to figure out how to live my life and then get back into bed and then the next day I gotta get out of bed again like I gotta figure that out or maybe you're one of the folks who are just like you know what I gotta stop this injustice I gotta come to the, I gotta figure out what the truth is I gotta stop it I gotta I gotta I gotta cause it to halt I gotta cause all of these things that are confusing I gotta figure it out and I gotta make sense of it all and maybe you're you are sincerely trusting in the Lord but you're finding it challenging in your life to really trust for the Lord for tomorrow because today has enough trouble of its own and God I'm being challenged in my faith and in my trust in you and you just don't know I, I don't know about the political stuff and I don't know about making a vote making a, a, a my voice heard I just know that God I trust you but God I, I do I trust you and I think I do and I just don't know what it feels like to trust you God is this what it feels like to feel anxious like this like you just don't know how you're feeling and what's going on and maybe you're one of those people that says I want to make a difference I don't want to just sit by and watch life go by. I want to make an impact. I want to, I want to be a reformer. I want to, I want to make, make a difference. I want to be the hero. And I want, to, I want to stand up for what's right. And I want to keep everybody safe. But I also want to stand up for the injustices of this world. I want you to know today that that's a normal desire, a God-given desire in your life that I just don't want to sit by while our world idly goes by in a hell in a handbasket. Like, I want to do something, but I want to tell you today day you can do something. God has given you a supernatural tool to communicate with the only person that can make a difference. He has given you the capacity and the ability, no matter where you've been or what you've been through or what you've faced in your life. The Bible says that the, the effective and active prayer of a righteous person has much power. Meaning if you're watching here today and you have a relationship with God, whether it's far away or close and you're on that journey, you can pray and you can make a difference and you can bring transformation and you can bring revival. You can do that by praying to the living God who causes those things to happen supernaturally in our natural world. You and I can pray to Jesus. Look what he says. He's the one God, the one mediator between God and mankind. Jesus is the only one that's the in-between between a mankind and a loving God. Jesus is our mediator. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the gateway. Jesus is the center. Jesus is the hero. Jesus is the one who can make a transformation in the political realm. Jesus is the one who can heal COVID. Jesus is the one that can transform your anxiety. Jesus is the one. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you and I have the opportunity the, the, the opportunity to access heaven by simply opening our mouths, talking to the creator of the universe, and he causes there to be a supernatural transformation 
in our natural world without prayer, you and I will not have any impact. Without prayer, our life won't have impact. I'm not discounting natural natural actions in life. I'm not discounting, you know, you, you have to do in life. I get that. I'm not referring to, I'm not saying just pray and do nothing else. That's not my point. My point is, yes, there's things we're responsible to do in our life, but sometimes we do too much and pray too little. Sometimes we post too much and pray too little. Sometimes we react and we respond and we're angry too much and we pray too little. We protest too much and we debate too much and we ask for opinions too much and we listen to podcasts too much and we listen to preachers too much and we don't do enough of prayer to the one man who can make a difference. His name is Jesus. And our prayer to Jesus will have much more impact in your life than having some podcast on repeat. Or scouring Facebook looking for answers and commenting on all the nuances of our world. Prayer is literally the only supernatural tool that we have to make a difference in the natural world church now more than ever. It is time to pray. It's time to pray. So the one person named Jesus. So before you post, pray. Before you respond, pray. Before you share. I know I'm a broken record, but I hope you get it. Before you debate, Pray. Before you pick it, pray. Before you protest, pray. Before you share your opinion and your deep knowledge, pray. Church, it's time to pray. It's the way to bring the supernatural world into our lives. And the only difference maker is Jesus. So Paul wants to teach us how to pray. He says, okay, I want you to pray, but let me just give you an idea of some of the prayers that you can make in order to make this supernatural impact. The first one he says is petitions. This word petition means to uh, pray for or beg for a specific need. The word literally means to beg from a place of extreme need or poverty. So this is the kind of prayer you pray when, when, when you can't pay your bills at the end of the month and you've worked your job and you've given your tithe and you've given your offering and you're like, God, I don't know what to do, God. And he says, I'm going to come through for you, but you just need to ask me to pray, you know, ask me to provide. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's a marriage struggle. Maybe there's something that you desperately need in your life to be able to live the life that God's called you to live. And he said, God, I'm extreme in need for you. If you keep on knocking, you keep on seeking, you keep on asking, it says God wants to give it to you. Look at Matthew 7, keep it on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, a need, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, a need, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And so this is basically you coming to God with a specific need that you have. God, I need you to help me with this. God, I need you to help me with this. God, I need you to help me with this. And don't worry, he already knows what you need. So you're already repeating to him what he already knows you need, but he wants to hear you ask for it. He wants you to acknowledge that you need him, that you can't do it on your own, You can't do it on your own thought. You can't do it on your own work or your own ingenuity. You need God to come and help you. That's what he wants to hear. He already knows what you need. He already knows the challenges you're facing. He just wants to hear you say, God, I need you. Perfect. 
I need you to, to acknowledge that you need me. So when I provide it for you, you know who to give the glory to. Jesus. Come on, the second thing he says here is prayers, very simply prayers. Uh, first of all, prayers, talking reverently and humbly to God with no agenda. This is just, you know, you talking to the Lord. I walk all the time and I talk to God. God, it's a little cold out here. Can you turn the heat up, you know, outside? Or, man, God, I'm just having a rough day today. Or, no real agenda. Or, man, God, I just, man, I love this weather. I love Fish Creek Park. Or, man, I, God, I watched a movie last night. And there was some stuff in there I shouldn't have seen. Would you forgive me for that? But the rest of it was super good, God. Like, you're like, just having a normal conversation with your friend, with your God, with your father, hanging out with no agenda. That's just prayer. Come on, the next word is intercession. The word intercession is to have an intimate conversation with a superior, counselor, or someone you're intimately involved with. The word actually here is to fall in with. It's like a girlfriend and a boyfriend getting to know one another. And when you sit down with them, there's things you have on your mind that you want to talk to them about. Tell me about your dreams, or tell me about what you're passionate about, or tell me these things, things you have inside of you that you have a specific bold agenda to talk with them, to engage with them. The example I have is Genesis chapter 18. Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be destroyed by God and the angels and the Lord were on their way. The angels went ahead to Sodom and Gomorrah, but Genesis 18 says that the Lord, this is kind of a cool thought, the Lord stayed behind to chat with Abraham. And Abraham said, God, like, like you, you're, a right, you're a righteous judge. Like you're a good God, a slow and compassionate. You're not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked, are you? Like, you would never do such a thing, God. Hey, let me just throw this out there. Just a bold ask. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. If you find 50 righteous people, could you maybe not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And God says, okay. Well, since we're like, you know, the momentum's in my favor, like maybe since we're here, maybe 45 people are righteous that you won't destroy it. Sure. Now about 35, all the way down, finally, Abraham says, what about 10? He's thinking about his nephew Lot and their family because God's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the wickedness of that city. My daughter's been reading it and she came upstairs. We're reading the same thing that we're reading the Bible together this year. And she says, dad, there's some really weird stuff in this book of Genesis. <laughs> She's like, uh, I, normally we could talk, but I can't talk to you about some of the stuff I read. <laughs> Super awkward stuff. But anyways, he says, God, what about 10? 10 people righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God says, fine. See, it's this bold, specific ask of God. God, I really need this thing to happen. God, I really want you to, to, to bring uh, salvation to my lost brother. Or God, I really need this promotion that I've been going after. God, I know that, it, that, that it's something that it's in your heart. I want that, God, but I'm going to ultimately give that to you, God. God, I want you to save this city. Or God, I want you to save the prime minister. Or, God, I want you to do this supernatural thing where it looks like it's impossible. God, I have a bold and specific request. Will you cause this happen and did that happen? When we came back in, um, in July, or no, actually in the end of the year, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do about gathering. What should we do? Father, if this is your will for us to go online, which I didn't want to do, would you cause Cardell to come back to us and make it really clear? They did. They came back and said, I'm sorry. I'm saying, God, that's a bold request because I only want to do what you want us to do. I want to be in line with what you want us to do, oh God. That's that bold and specific request of prayer. And so he says, I want you to make these types of prayers. And look what he says in this, this verse. He says, make them for all people. Now, I, I find it interesting he said this because he's talking to Timothy. Timothy's probably, he's probably teaching him how to pray for himself. But, but once in a while, it's important for you to realize that God doesn't just want us to pray for ourselves. He wants us to pray for other people. Do you want to see 
a, a fresh faith stirred up in your life. Pray for someone. Do you want to believe? Do you want to see the supernatural world come down in the natural world and impact someone's life and transform your faith and transform your perspective and transform the reality of your situation? Do you want to experience some of the miracles that you read throughout Scripture? Pray for someone else other than yourself. Pray for something supernatural to happen in your neighbor's life. Pray for someone at your group. Step out and pray, and you will see a supernatural God do a supernatural work in the natural world. He'll stir something in you that you've never seen before because you believed in faith that God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to bless others through you. But not only to say that, he said this, pray for kings and all those with authority. Now, I know I already stated this, but I want to restate it to help you remember that Paul was talking to Timothy, and Timothy and Paul were under the terrible King Nero. I mean, one of the, another example is, is that Nero started a fire in Rome because he was upset, and all the Jews got upset with Nero, and he wanted to please the Jews. And so he blamed it on the Christians and gathered all the Christians up and threw them in the town square and literally began to chop Christians in half, pull their toenails out, chop their limbs off, burn them alive, just because he hated these people so much. They were experiencing tremendous persecution in their life. This king hated the Christians. We have to remember something at this point in our own political world. We have to be so thankful that we are not being treated like that for our faith. Amen? We are not being told to not preach the message of Jesus. We are not being told that we can't stand on the street corner and preach Christ Jesus. We are not being told that we can't call Jesus Christ a Savior. We are able to continually preach the name and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just want to give a little side note. Whenever there is a pressure on our ability to preach the gospel, guess what happens? People get saved. When the church is experiencing pressure, God moves, but he's waiting for the people of God to open up their mouths and begin to pray. When the pressure comes down, whether it's from the government or whether it's from your neighbors, wherever the pressure comes from, when we respond in supernatural prayer, salvation begins to happen in the lives of people. Amen. We have to remember that during this season, we are so thankful that we are not being persecuted like the people in this day did. Yet Paul still said to them, even though you are being persecuted, you should pray. Even though you're being persecuted, you should begin to pray for the people who are in authority. We have to remember that the purpose of the church is not to provoke a social upheaval and revolution or to protest and to campaign against the kings and the authorities that God has placed in our lives. Our only response should be to pray for the rulers and the kings and authority. Our only response when we gather together should be to bring down heaven to earth, that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not to stand up and, and, and to stand up against the rulers and authorities that God puts above us. It's to pray that God's will would be done in their lives and in our city and in the political realm because only God can change the situation. Yes. 
Only God can shift it. Only God can change it. Only God can heal. Only God can restore. Only God can change the human heart. And our responsibility is not to gather together with a social upheaval to the government. Our responsibility is to gather together and pray. To pray that there would be a supernatural change in the natural world. Remember something important. We were told by Jesus to pray for our enemies. Luke chapter 6. But to you who are willing to listen, do you see that? To you who are willing to actually listen to what I'm about to say, Jesus says. It's going to suck, but listen. (laughs) I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Don't retaliate, pray. Don't riot, pray. Don't rise up, pray. Pray. It's easy for you and I to pray for the the party and the authority that we voted for. But what about praying for those in authority who who, who we fundamentally are opposed to with our value system? What about often praying for those who we, we believe they have an agenda against us and God says, I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for their lives. I want you to pray that God will transform them. Why would God ask us to do that? It's because God placed these authorities above us. We often forget that all throughout history, God is sovereign and places those individuals above us. We cannot forget, have we, we cannot forget to consider that maybe God wanted Nenshi as our mayor. Maybe God wanted Kenny. Maybe God wanted Trudeau. Maybe God wanted Biden. I know some of you watching say, no, 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 that's not the truth. Listen, maybe God did. We don't know that. We have to believe that God is sovereign and that God is control. And this is how I know this because this scripture in Romans chapter 13, it says, everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished for the authorities. Do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what's right and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you and they are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes too, by the way. (laughs) For these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. I don't know if you know Greek or Hebrew, but I got to say, this is pretty clear. (laughs) Basically says this. I know you don't agree with the governing authorities over you at times, but your responsibility is to submit to the God-given authority and pray for them. Pray for them. Elijah, James chapter 5, verse 17, we read this last week. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell. Why would this have any uh, pertinence to us right now? value to us right now because Elijah was underneath the terrible ruler Ahab and Jezebel who, who hated the prophets of God 
And God wanted to use this very simple human who had ups and downs to make a significant impact in the world. And he wanted to prove to Ahab and Jezebel that God is the true God. And he said, okay, Elijah, I want you to pray. I don't want you to go and knock down the door. I don't want you to chase him down. I don't want you to send him a bad email. I don't want you to post on Facebook. I just want you to pray. And what I want you to pray is earnestly that it won't rain for three years. And guess what? Elijah, a human just like you and me, said, I'm not going to spend all my time on this. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray to my God. I'm just going to talk to the mediator Jesus. I'm just going to ask him who stands between us and heaven and earth. And I'm going to ask him to have his way. No rain for three years. And Ahab and Jezebel learned that the sovereign God, Yahweh, is God over all because a little human like me decided to to pray a prayer out loud. He didn't leave his house. He didn't spend any money. He didn't go anywhere. He just talked to the creator. There was a supernatural transformation and he was dealing with things that he didn't agree with and yet he prayed. We can't forget why we're in all this. What's the point as being followers of Jesus Christ? What's the objective? Remember, it says this. This is good and pleases God our Savior. We please God with this type of, type of behavior, type of response. But he wants all people to be saved. I don't know where Justin Trudeau and his wife are at in their walk with God, but Jesus wants them to be saved. I don't know where Marin Inchie's at or, or, or Kenny or Biden or Trump or any of our political people. or our, I don't know where any of them are at. I am not the judge. Only Christ is the judge. Yet, I know this one truth. Jesus wants their heart. Jesus wants to, to, to know them. He wants them to know him. This is the purpose and the point of our prayers isn't that we get our political way, is that these people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and will spend an eternity in heaven in the kingdom of God. This is the mission. This is the point. This is the purpose to no longer just focus on our little world but remember when we pray something happens in the supernatural world. Come on, as we end our time together, I want to just read this last verse. How does this impact you? I know this is fascinating. So he says, I urge you to pray. Pray for people. Pray for governing authorities. Look at this. That we may live. Or so that, meaning you do this and this will happen. If you make this decision to respond this way, this is what will happen in your life. You'll live a peaceful life. This word peaceful is the idea of being still like a still waters and undisturbed. You're firm. It's like the the word is to sit firmly, to sit down, not bustling about, but sitting firmly that we take the onus off of us and we put it on the Lord. And this establishes us. It means steadfast, immovable, established, rooted, firm, settled. I cannot be moved. Nothing I face will move me. I am seated under the the, the righteousness of God. I am seated by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am firm. I am immovable. I am peaceful. The word also, you'll live a quiet life. I love that. Not a loud life. A quiet life. This word means tranquil, calm. Look at this. Free from agitation of the mind or spirit free from commotion or disturbance. The ability to hone your focus, 
self-contained to keep you from responding in the way that your soul wants to respond. I learn to respond according to the Spirit and I'm able to keep myself oblivious at times to what's going on around me because I'm only centered and focused on God's Logos Word and God's Rhema Word and I want God's will to happen. I am quiet. I am peaceful. I am calm. Things don't bother me. I don't get so irritated by the loopholes of YouTube or I don't get so irritated by the comments of the politician. I don't get so irritated by the, the mask I had to wear or the mask that someone didn't wear or this thing. I, I just, I'm not bothered any longer by those things because I am not focused on those. I'm focused on God's kingdom and I'm a person of prayer and I'm talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Notice it says godliness. This means internal devotion to God and holiness, which means an external authenticity before other people. So internally and externally, my life is authentic and honest and devoted to the Lord. This is a supernatural result in your personal life when you choose to no longer focus your attention on all that's going on and just say, okay, God, I'm going to pray to you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm going to pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come on earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give me today, 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 my daily bread. Father, I pray that you would, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And Lord, for, for, forgive me of those that I've hurt, God, as you've forgiven my sin, God. And Lord, keep me from temptation of the evil one. And Lord, deliver me from this in my life. God, I want your will. I want your kingdom, not my way and my will. God, would you move in the lives of other people around me and bring a supernatural change in the natural world around me. Then what happens is peace, stillness, quiet devotion, authenticity. I get to be a follower of Jesus knowing that no matter what I face, my God's in control. Father, I just pray today, Lord, you bless every person watching. Let them know that, God, that we don't have any idea what's going on, but we know you do. And we have the opportunity to open our mouths and pray and trust that, Jesus, you're with us and you're guiding us and you're leading us, Lord, like never before. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts today. I pray every person facing a challenge who's overwhelmed by what's going on in the world, though they would know that, Father, you're right there right now, ready to listen. Just a whisper of our voice to you, God, and we have instant communication through Christ to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, our Heavenly Father. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.